The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Welcome back. Yes. Welcome back to the Culture Insanity Podcast, part of the Vigilance Radio Network. Uh, Welcome back and welcome to episode number 21. So last last time was our our landmark number 20. We're on number 21 now. Um, So yeah. So welcome back and thanks for, you know, downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for whatever, however you listen. But um, yeah, we have some good stuff on the docket tonight and even more stuff that we didn't we may or may not get to but um it was a busy just kind of a busy week in terms of pop culture news i guess and um controversial things so that's good for us <laughs> right that gives us you know it's, it's always nice when there's more more to pick from than less because you know we don't really control news and so sometimes we have to think of creative ways to talk about things um but yeah welcome to the show and uh just Give you a little snippet of what we're talking about tonight. Um, no, no spoiler alerts for you. Um, no movies we're going to be talking about. No TV shows. Um, I guess a potential po- comic book spoiler if you're a huge Batman fan. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been in the news, so if if you pay attention to the news, maybe you caught this. But anyway, so we got the Bert and Ernie controversy tonight, mm-hmm. and Bert and Ernie's relationship, and that has been the subject of debate. In the last couple weeks, or last week even, uh, we have um, the topic of Superman. You may or may not have heard Henry Cavill may or may not have pulled Alleged, out. Allegedly, is <laughs> yeah. A couple out. of different news outlets are reporting that he pulled out as Superman for different reasons, and and so now there's this um, what would you call that campaign for Superman to be black. So we're gonna be talking about black Superman. Uh, we're gonna be talking about, like I just said, um, Batman. Something that popped up uh, with a, a new Batman, con- <laughs> yeah, with a new Batman uh, uh, yeah. line of comic books. Um, part of the Batman um, no, Damned D- DC Black Batman Damned. Yeah, DC Black. It's a it's a line for more mature readers, and yeah, Batman Damned. We're gonna be talking about woke reboots and what that means and how we should, um, yeah, what we think about it basically. Um, and then, last but not least. Um, I guess we will mourn Bill Cosby, <laughs> or we'll talk about I, I if guess. we should mourn Bill yeah, Cosby. Right, Bill Cosby. Um, yeah, he's been in the news obviously um, over the last couple of years, but I guess you could say there was what do you call that closure? I guess sure. We'll call it that. So, got a few things to talk about tonight. So, with that said. Welcome to the show. You're officially tuning in. Okay, so first thing on the docket, Bert and Ernie. So this came about, the whole Bert and Ernie relationship came about, um, if I understand it correctly, because the co-founder, co-creator, made a statement. Is that right? Made a statement about... I, I don't think he was... I don't think he was even that. Well, he did make it. Whether, whether he made the statement now or in the past, 
um, the topic somehow came out of Burton and Ernie's relationship, and so Sesame Workshop was provoked enough to come out on Twitter and make a declaration of Burton and Ernie as they see it, as the owners of Burton and Ernie um, sees it, basically saying that Burton and Ernie, um, first of all, have no sexual orientation. And they claim all, in fact, not just Burton and Ernie, all, all the Muppets have no sexual orientation and that Burton and Ernie have never been meant to be anything more than best of friends. And the whole point of Burton and Ernie was to convey best friendship what for a, kids. Yeah, what a best you know? friendship could look like. And this, yeah. you know, for how long has Muppets been around? Like 50 years or longer? A long time, yeah. Yeah, longer. So, so however it came about, Sesame Workshop was provoked enough to make some sort of clarifier. Well, obviously with that is comes all sorts of backlash. And so uh the the writer um one of uh, the writer for uh an article that we pulled this story from was basically quoting quoting um the co-creator, I don't remember his name of of Burton or any specifically. I'm about to post the article. Yeah, cool. Um Say, and apparently, allegedly, at one point in time, the co-creator had clarified, like, Bert and Ernie, as he created them and intended them to be, hmm, I don't want to misstep or whatever, but he he created them with the um, overtones of his relationship with his partner, you know, his... his with somebody who also works on the show, right? Was it? I'm not sure. I think so, and I just I don't think he's the co-creator. I'm looking I'm looking for the article to post though. of those two characters specifically. Right is what I thought I read. Um, yeah, Saltzman, Saltzman, Mark Saltzman. Oh, he was just a writer. Yeah. See, I don't not think, necessarily the creator. I don't think he. Yeah, he was. He came on. He later. was just a prominent writer on the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, as he was writing the show, forgive me. Okay. So, as he was writing the show in his fifteen-year span. Okay. So, a pretty significant time when he wrote episodes with Bert and Ernie. He wrote those two characters' interactions and relationship, and he basically modeled how they were after his. Um, his gay relationship basically with his partner um and so then sesame workshop came out you know so on and so forth um because they did that because they took such a i guess stern stance you know drew such a clear line um there was there was all this backlash and so to what we're talking about tonight um our question is is ownership over these characters sexuality um is it even a worthwhile fight um, <clears throat> Frank Oz. I just posted this article about Yoda. It. Yoda, yes. Um, Frank Oz was the one he created. Bert. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. And he previously said on Twitter, "I created Bert. I know what and who he is." And, and that was in reference to him not being gay. But now it? It he, he was- just he just um, weighed in and said, "Let's see. Bert uh, is the bigger one." Yeah. Bert's the yellow one. Oh, so the skinny face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long okay. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixed up. Um, but he just weighed in and said, let's see, that he thinks it's wonderful. People see puppets. People see the puppets as a gay couple. Um, let's see. So his previous post was definitive about that? 
Yeah, well, this is what he says. He says, it seems Mr. Mark Saltzman was asked if Bert and Ernie are gay. He said, it's fine that he feels that they are. They're not, of course. But he thinks it's wonderful that yeah. people interpret them that way. Yeah. But oh, wait, 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 hold on. So he's okay. holding both positions. That's a safe. That's a safe play for yeah. But, okay, but listen. <laughs> but listen to this. But why that question? Does it really matter? Why mm. the need to define people as only gay? There's much more to a human being than just straightness or gayness. Hmm. Interesting. The yes. plot thickens. Thanks, Frank Oz. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. So what is our take on that? Um. Yeah, is ownership over their sexuality a worthwhile fight? So, is ownership for who? The fans, the writers, oh, and then the creators, and then I guess, and then I guess he got slammed for that. Yeah, by saying that, and then his, uh, and then he then later posted. However, I have now learned that many view them as representative of a loving gay relationship, and that's pretty wonderful. Thanks for helping me understand. Ah, uh, yes, I feel like. Just now, in your review of those tweets, we went on a journey with Frank Oz. <laughs> it, was a, it was a stern, and then it was a, okay, well, maybe I need to understand more. And then it was a stern, and then... <laughs> right. And I'm, read, I'm reading from a website called the Gay Star News. So, nice. just so you know, it's, it's not biased toward the, the Christian perspective. No. Um, but what was the question anyway? Yeah, is ownership of his ownership over these these kinds of things of from these characters is it a is it a worthwhile fight is and then like is and this sort of blends into like perfectly the next topic i think but like how they were created versus how they're interpreted right and like where's like where is you're talking about going into black superman yeah yeah i mean like it it like where is the i don't even know what the question is like where is it okay when is it okay or what what's the fight like <laughs> is this just always going to be a fight is the fight there in- inevitable because a, an artist creates something and then even if they created it one way the 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 culture will accost it for whatever wherever it's headed you know right like so our original question was: Is ownership over these char- over these characters a worthwhile fight? I, I think it is. Uh, like on from what perspective? I guess. Just like, I mean, is it's from the perspective of defining culture? Is it is it a worthwhile fight in the sense that is it is it a fight that you should you know should you die on that hill? No. No, I don't think so. But is it worthwhile? Yeah, I, I do. I do think that there is a re- a redefinition of culture, you know, being taken taken place. Which here. position deserves more credence? The artist's position as the thing was created, or culture's current need? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, as an artist myself, I would say that it's the artist's position, and that's what I would think too. And I'm not an artist. But, but fully well knowing once you put it out there, like you don't, you're giving away part of it, you know? Yeah. Well, the difficulty with something like Sesame Street is that it was put in place specifically to reflect culture. Mm. So like it was, it, and that's one of the, like the major, um, when Sesame Street went, when Sesame Street went HBO, in fact, let me see if I can find that article. Mm-hmm. But when Sesame Street went HBO, a lot of people were up in arms about it because it was put in place so that like the ghetto kids 
would have something to be raised but off I of. I think it's put to HBO, then it's exclusive. Right. It Yeah, exactly. So if Sesame Street was created... Actually, it works in Sesame... Whatever. If Sesame Street was created by Frank Oz to be one way, but the, sh- the show was created itself to ref- to be what to reflect culture or to be helpful for culture what what was it to to reflect culture okay so then if if i mean well to be helpful to the culture that it was reflecting it was it was both right it was okay trans. so then by that by that then then it's only natural that this happened with the burton ernie yeah like and so it's like obviously it doesn't jive with where we're coming from but it makes sense yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. By only natural, though, I mean, we're talking about 3% of of the world identifies as something sure. other than, you know, straight. And so then you're talking about a gay couple, which but is even, even less than that. But and then, that's true. Like, you know, that's the latest statistic, right, that we're operating off of. Right. But even though only 3% identify that way for their own personal lives however many more percent are in support of their freedom to do that right so like right well then, then, but then that would just be burton ernie supporting gay culture hmm. so so it's still not the the the, the majority like the major right. consensus or whatever i would i would venture to guess that there aren't let's see more if, than 50 percent if it's three percent <laughs> there's probably you know yeah exactly i would venture to guess that of all the muppets that are available on sesame street there isn't a hundred who are present so the idea that there would be one gay couple is probably not actually a representative number hmm. but it i mean it doesn't matter that's just one, neither here nor there one thing that was interesting about that article that you posted for the people to read is uh the Sesame Workshop original post, which has since been deleted right. and reworded. Oh, really? I understand it. Um, the original post said that no Muppet has has any sexuality. Right. Which is not true. Which is not true because, like, Kermit the Frog is right. all about Miss Piggy. And right. uh, Oscar the Grouch has a, has a wife has, or a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, Grudget or Grudget, something weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so on and so forth. So... Like, out the blocks, Sesame Workshop sort of put their foot in their mouth on that. Um, like, they, they contradicted themselves in, in that post. Sort of. And they stepped on the toes of sort of, I suppose, the people that they're offending. I mean, sort of. I suppose it depends on how you view that stuff. Because, you know, the same people who would want them to be that way in nature are the same people who say that sexuality is fluid and gender is fluid. And gender mm. and sexuality aren't the same thing. And you know so on and so forth so it's possible that you could have kermit who has a thing for miss piggy that isn't actually sexually attracted to her it's just a matter of their it's just a matter of uh like a an intent to have a relationship with her because you Mm. know yeah it's just that's what you do like he needs he needs a common law relationship for instance (laughs) yeah um oh what was i about to say I don't know. Oh, I liked... I thought that the Frank Oz thing you read was interesting. Like, yeah. his second point. Why yeah. do we have to define them wholly as this or that and right. go on a crazy, you know, whatever, because um, they're supposed to be portraying more than just 
right just this one well they're portraying thing. An like idea. they're not they're not defined by their potential gay relationship right right, right, right they're right, right, right. Th- there are way more many other uh elements to who Bert and Ernie are and what they're supposed to be portraying I thought that was an interesting point yeah yeah um so what's our definitive stance on this you think it's a worthwhile fight but it's not a good hill to die on not a good hill to die on because those characters are innately they're just innately you know not one thing or the other they're characters right Mm -hmm. but you know if somebody were to redefine say the apostle paul like john shelby spong likes to (laughs) likes to say that's a real person yes you can't change the events in the story right well and that's that's the same thing like if someone wants yeah to say that with that said, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, awesome. Those movies, those kinds of things are awesome. Yes, but they're fiction, right? And Let's we and we understand they're fiction, <laughs> and so. we laugh at them because of how absurd they are. Right. Why that movie didn't get more, like more? Uh, it's got to be. It's. It needs I don't to even know if it has a cult following. It even. needs to have a cult following. Totally, it's a great movie. So if you haven't seen Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, go back ten years and watch it. Yes. Um. Anyway, so. That the whole thing kind of blends blends well, I thought, with the the next topic. So the Henry Cavill Superman Black Superman thing, right? Um, so yeah, just again, a couple news outlets uh, reported that Henry Cavill is feeling a certain way, doesn't like the direction or lack of direction with the DCU. Although let's be clear, potential money issues. Let's be clear that it is completely rumors at this point. Right, and in fact, he posted some sort of cryptic Instagram post as yeah, well. Cryptic. Like, um like maybe indicating that hey i'm still down for the cause you know right and uh, you know there's some people who think that it's um some people think that it's like a marketing ploy hey i don't know uh anyways so with that there's a really did you post the article no yeah. sorry uh with that there's a really <laughs> it's only my job <laughs> there was a really provocative article as to why it doesn't make sense anymore for superman to be uh, white male, you know, blue-eyed white male, you know, stereotypical 1930s. Right. Is that when he was created? Right. Um, person and is, per- portrayal yeah. of this person. Um, and it was interesting. And, like, um, it was it was quoting, like, this, this writer was citing, like, Superman's original, as he was originally created. Sorry, I keep hitting my microphone. It's right in my face. Um... <laughs> as it should be. Um, he was originally created by these two Jewish guys, right? Um, to portray this guy who's a foreigner, comes into a, a foreign land, is misunderstood, is threatened, his very, like, the because he's different, he's threatened, and so on and so forth. And all of these things that were, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> strangely similar to the black man in America. Right. <coughs> excuse me. Um, the black man in America nowadays. Um, and it was actually compelling, right? Yeah, it's actually, it's really compelling. And I just put it, just posted another article. I'm going to post the actual vice article. He here. landed on a world in a spaceship, uh, beyond his control. Um, black people being brought over as slaves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was forced to assimilate into society while trying best, his best not to be seen as threatening. Um, yeah, uh, definite parallels. And within the context of the origin story, uh, that sounds nothing like the current white man in America, right? And so it was it was just interesting. He was drawing parallels um, with the original intent of 
who Superman was and that a foreigner can can rise above it to be more than um what more than what's what am I looking for he can rise above those challenges and be something right I guess makes make something of himself make something of himself uh, and it was interesting so our question is is Superman intrinsically white does he need to be white to be the character Superman you're the DC dude I know you're, this is a, it's, it's a tough one for me you're the authority on DC yeah I imagine because that article was compelling the article um, is compelling but and going back to Bert and Ernie and this is actually blends <laughs> into the woke reboots thing right too. it does yeah it all really blends tonight but so what do you think going back to Bert and Ernie it's not really it, is it really a hill to die on hmm. um does Superman need to be white? No. Why? For all the reasons stated in the article. <laughs> so where's your other conflicted side of that? My, my con- John Parker just asked, what about Steel? What? Super- <laughs> steel and Superman? <laughs> John Parker, I John thought Parker's that you were a fan of the comic books. Mm. Um, He's a fan of the movie. Yeah. The... I don't think that he needs to be white. I think that he should be white. Why? Because that's who he was created to reflect. Like, mm-hmm. ultimately, he's created to reflect his creators, right? Like, but was he sh- created Schuster to reflect white man, or was he created to, have, to reflect, like, like the, his whiteness? Like, no, 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 no. But is, he sim- is the writer being too simplistic? In his summary of where they, where they were coming from, yeah, I think. I mean, so. some of those points, I think so. Know, Do, I guess you'd have to ask the question. Like, you you could say that. Let's <clears throat> let's do this. You could say that, and mind you, my answer was no. He doesn't, he doesn't have, have to be, to be white. white. So I just want to say that. Yeah. But now I'll play devil's advocate to that position. Good. You could say that the. The, the the boys Schuster and Siegel yeah. that they when they created Superman they were talking about an experience but mm. let me ask you this question <laughs> would their experience as Jewish kids profoundly be affected by them being black I would say yes I would say that if you took them and you turned them into black people that their experience would be profoundly different they would view themselves differently they would have a completely different culture attached to them the you know and and not even in like a racist prejudicial way although that would factor in wait wouldn't that make their wouldn't it make it more compelling for them because not only are they jewish but then they're also black if that's the story that's trying to be told the point is is that is that the story that's trying to be told is not an everyman story it's a specific story that Mm. fits somewhere in the perfect mix of of where superman is and superman was white he reflected the he reflected those characters not those characters he reflected his creators Mm -hmm. those people the jewish people um you know the 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 european jews and so because of that if you were to take a european jew and make them into a black european jew they would view themselves as different I just it's I just think it's it's sort of the same thing as sexuality versus 
gender. John Parker is trying to make a case that John Henry Irons is a black Superman. John Henry Irons is not a black Superman. He never once claimed to be Superman. What In did fact, he claim to be? I will pull the book oh, right there. It's a, it's above He's, our heads. It's right there. It's Return of Do Superman. Do you actually want me to pull it? You pull that book for me, <laughs> and I will pull the book, and I will show you that John Henry Irons actually says, I never claimed to be Superman. Is it this? No, it's over. A couple more. There you go. There you go. John Henry Irons never claimed to be Superman. So, for the record. Um, <clears throat> I might have to look it up online, honestly, because this is that's probably not the easiest way to do it. That's the, uh, that's the scripture she's pulling from right there. The DC wow. scriptures. Wow. <laughs> John Henry Irons was... what? So what was John Henry Irons? You're about to pull it, but rough shot. He was a guy who was black who... Dawn, like he took the mantle for a second. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Just Superman was was dead. I keep um, seeing that toy in like targets, by the way. John Henry Irons, yeah. steel. Yeah, that's oh, cool. Um, Superman was dead. This is a really inefficient way to find this while I'm doing a show. It's in here. I'm gonna look <laughs> it up. I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna post the Facebook. Post it. Facebook. Anyway, um, he he was a ama- he was, Superman was dead and he believed in the in the message and who Superman was and so he, you know, took on the mantle of the the crest the crest of hope that Superman has, which by the way that's in my mind a much more effective thing that should be happening is a new black Superman in that vein. But when, when we're talking about Call L, Call mm-hmm. L should be white because his creators were white. And if you were to say that the whiteness of his creators was colorblind, and really what they were portraying was something that had nothing to do with color, and then the next day turned them into black men, I'm sure that they would be mortified. Not because they're racists, but because they're not black. Hmm. Now, remember <laughs> my position is, <laughs> remember my position is, is that Superman doesn't have to be white i love the i love the simple point in that article that was like even down to the sun absorbing you know whatever's i posted a whole nother article (laughs) how that doesn't make sense for a white man to have the ability to absorb the sun the sun so greatly and still be so white right although i mean you have to understand it's a completely different sun yeah no it's like different rules and physics and stuff of course the idea that superman can change direction in mid-air as if physics don't apply to him is also doesn't make sense but that's a whole nother yeah that's a whole nother issue (laughs) um good that's funny though but yeah so read the article because there is some compelling stuff in there it's a great article but um i don't think i don't think that he has to be um but this is, has to be right but the, but it's again it's like once you put as a creator of something like once you put it out there even if your intent was one thing like you're giving away part of it you know right and it's and you 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 no longer control it <laughs> like it's no longer in your hands like once you i mean publish it or make it available whatever you know especially after almost 100 years <laughs> we're coming right. up on it 90 years wow that's crazy superman's been around for like 90 years um but yeah it's interesting but as he was created he was meant to reflect a specific narrative f- and for th- for those men they created him 
to be like to work out their struggle right right yeah so that's important too as especially like as as an artist if you are one to understand that uh and i'm not but i can appreciate definitely that um batman is circumcised speaking of dc (laughs) superheroes (laughs) Right. I'm just reading our board. Batman is circumcised. Right. All right. So as part of DC's Black Label, that's what it's called, right? DC's Black Label. Right. It's a line. Um, is it like, is it supposed to be like the new Vertigo? That's yeah. what Vertigo was, right? Yes. It was just a more mature line of of comic books. Anyways, DC has a new line um, called DC Black Label. It's geared toward more mature readers, and the new Batman comic is called Batman damned subtitled damned uh and in that you get to see batman's penis it's true which is cool which by the way i was reading that do you have that comic book uh it's in my box you should make sure to get it because it'll probably be worth money someday yeah because they're like (laughs) because you see batman's penis and they're not publishing that anymore and they're not even making it digital so like on right on the the, the service what's it called again the new service dc universe dc universe um like i bet you that wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see it there because <coughs> they're they're halting production of that of showing that um anyways so in that he you get to see bruce wayne's penis right and not only that but it's a circumcised penis <gasps> gasp that's right gasp and with that, of course, you stepped on someone's toes <laughs> because you can't make a move in today's world without hitting someone's button, stepping on someone's toes. So there's a a group, a group, uh, I don't remember the name of the group, but they're basically advocates against um, that, against circumcising of infants, of infant children. Um, I think they have like, I think they have a name. Genital Autonomy America. Right. G-A-A. Founder. Her name's Marilyn Milos. Milos. She spoke out about it, and she was, you know, basically stating what their whole cause is, that she's, you know, absolutely opposed, and anyone that's in this group is absolutely opposed to this because it's... um, it's mutilation of a child, and it's a child's inerrant right to, to you know, choose this and that. Um, and so, of course, when they showed this, um, whether there was any sort of intent to offend or not, they offended. Right. Which is great, right? That's the world we live in. Right. Um, and now the black label of DC is, like, the best selling for that week or whatever. Because really? I don't know. Oh, probably. That was the, it was the that's launch. how it is when you... When you make a big stink, yeah, it was it was the launch title for the black label. So when you make a big enough stink, yeah, it swings back this way, yeah, and you just were you were completely uh, not counterproductive, but what you did in your efforts swung it the other way, right? So you know, best selling, and now people get to appreciate back Batman's circumcised penis and all its right. quality. Not once, um, but twice. It was two pe- two panels. Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting that yeah. they did because it's not like a movie where they, you know, they a scene right. has to play out. Right. Like right, in right, a comic right, book, right. you don't have to do that. Like right. Something can be portrayed just once and you get it. Right. So that's really interesting. Just so to what, think, okay. Sorry, it's just interesting to think about the, the the illustrator drew that twice. So should this be allowed as a male role model? That's the question. Should Batman or Bruce Wayne having a circumcised penis be allowed as a male role model? Well, okay. Is so Batman a real? First of all, there's so f- first of all, there's all sorts of medical 
reason. Like, basically, it's not definitive as to whether it's bad or good to be circumcised. Right. Um, and history would lean to I know there's more toward ways good. Go um, but you just asked the, the hundred, you know, the, the, jack, the, question. the jackpot question. Is Batman a role model? Um, uh, no. All right. You have a, ba- you have a Batman, a Batman uh, authority coming up on here. Yeah, let's just be clear. I mean, we're talking about somebody... He's wearing a Batman shirt right now. Either. We're talking about... I am. I'm wearing a Batman shirt. <laughs> Which is not uncommon, but... And what you can see on the shelf, there's like a whole bunch of Batman yeah. around. But... Um, <clears throat> here, I'll up on him. We're talking about what? We're talking about <clears throat> somebody who... Who runs around the city in a... You know, in a cape. He's <laughs> He's delusional. <laughs> He's dressed up as a as a flying rodent. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, w- somebody who who instead of dealing with the maladaptive maladjustment of you know the psychological development of these characters and putting them in a place where they're supposed to be, he pummels them over and over or throws them. I was reading with my kids Detective Comics number twenty nine on the new DC Universe app, which was awesome for the record. And in that comic book. He literally throws a criminal out the window, just like in the, um, just like in Batman Begins, where and he's of like, course it swear to me. Of course, it probably doesn't show the next panel, but what do you think happens to that criminal? Well, no, no, no it's it's one of those Did things it? where he where he's got him by the leg okay, or whatever. Okay, okay. But he throws him out the window as a scare tactic mm-hmm. to to elicit a confession. Mm. And he and he does, and of course, like of course, the confession is going to get thrown out. Of course, this was the 1930s when that was written, so <laughs> you know those laws weren't in place. But in any case, the Batman like throws this criminal out the window. I mean, we're talking with somebody who deals with, with his anger and rage in, in a terrible way. And, you know, believes in reform to the, to the point where he'll throw people into a prison that makes criminals. I mean, Harley Quinn was made in Arkham by hanging out with the Joker. Yeah. But then you're also talking about somebody who takes a traumatized 12 year old boy and then turns him into a vigilante crime fighter who's capable of doing things like killing people. And he doesn't do it just <laughs> once. He doesn't do it twice. By the way, the second one got killed. He doesn't do it three times. His second ever outing ended in a death? No, no, no. Robin. Oh. Robin. We're talking oh, okay, about... I got you. He yeah. took a little took, boy took, and turned took, him okay. into a vigilante. Yeah. He doesn't do it once, twice, three times four times and he continues to make more of these people who are going against the law bad disciples he's just i'm just i love hearing there are reasons why batman is awesome (laughs) i love hearing about you slam the other side of batman though or treat it as it should be understood yes i talk about his maladaptive (laughs) let's be clear let's be clear that like if you think that batman has to be a role model with the shaping of his penis you are sorely like you you are, no you are where are you like where are you like what are you focusing on if yeah. you're focusing on his penis but you're not focusing on the fact that this person who's supposed to be a role model is running around in a cape you know what i like to think doing about what it the as? cop's job i just is. had this visual i just had this visual of how people are in today's world they're like zombies right they like uh, and they're walking and then just like a zombie sees flesh yeah like, eh, they see a cause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they want to attach themselves to it. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, I just I the, the the premise is dumb. That's that's all. You know, like you want to talk about 
you want to talk about circumcision, that's fine. Talk about circumcision, talk about the medical benefits, talk about talk about all these things. Even talk about the religious nature of it and what it was for because that's where we can get into <laughs> to a topic. But We're if talking you want about to, this last night. But if you want to talk about circumcision in regard to Batman being circumcised and whether that makes him a proper role model or not, let me tell you, I would not give my children to Batman to be raised. Nope. Um so, and that has nothing to do with his penis. You know what I was, yeah, totally. Except for the fact that it's a big one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> is it? Is it in the comics? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? <laughs> well. <laughs> Does it appear to be? I mean, it's, it's a. It, I haven't seen the, pa- the panel. I the would, uh, you know, it's not, uh, I haven't seen very many penises, but I would say that it's a normal looking penis. I am sure that when it grows, it is <laughs> impressive. I was just about to make an inappropriate comment. Anyways, um. What I think is interesting, and I'm just coming off the back of listen. I haven't finished it. By and the of way. course, we had like zero listeners or viewers, and now we've got you know we've got viewers. Like oh, now they just think we talk about gross things. It's talk- okay, but it's I'm just coming off the back of listening to this book, "Love Thy Body." Right, love thy body. It yet, yeah, but um, and you know it's talking. It's all the first part of it or whatever is all about um, abortion and whatnot. But I guarantee you that there's people that are pro-abortion right. or whatever that are also pro-whatever this g- genital autonomy of America, which is absolutely, um, like, confusing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, to say that you support a, a child's choice <laughs> to whether or not they cut themselves. Right, but then you but then kill say, them in the womb. I have the choice to kill them. Yeah. But Adam, those aren't people. Mm, mm-hmm. They're just humans. Right, right. Right. But once they're born and once they're breathing, then they're people. Right. So then once we once we understand that they're people, then by the way, it's completely this is where I'm getting it right. from. Right. Right. Um then they have a, a, a right to choose. Right. Well, really that interesting. is that is about as logical as trying to claim that Batman is not a good role model for for the re <laughs> For the reason of being circumcised, as opposed to any other reason in the Batman universe. That logic is about as useful as a poopy-flavored lollipop. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get that sound cart loaded. It's Where's dodgeball. it from? Dodgeball. Oh, wow. Rip Torn says it. Right. You're about as useful. <laughs> it's like this right. really wimpy kid that sucks at dodgeball. Right, right. Um, all right. Justin Long? Yeah, probably. He's really wimpy in that movie. Um Next up, so <laughs> so where did we end? Oh yeah, the whole premise from the get go. It's you a know. false premise. Yeah, it's a false premise. Um, Batman should not be seen as role model as awesome as he is. Yes, um, Batman should be seen as a role model for a lot of things, including for children. But in terms of like, if you're trying to make him into a general overall role model without context <coughs> or anything like that, no. He should not be an uncensored role model. There are filters there that <laughs> oh, need to be had. Oh, he wasn't uncensored. <laughs> no. <laughs> there are filters there that need to be had when viewing anybody as a role model. And um, Batman would have a lot of filters in place. So. Yep. All right. So next up, uh, we're going to talk about woke reboots. Woke quote reboots. Unquote. So woke is a terminology. How would you describe just what woke is? Um. I'll look it up in the Urban Dictionary so I can I'll get it. I'll take my hand at w- Okay, here's, here's, okay. What the, here's what the dictionary says. Woke, the past of wake, 
Oh my <laughs> I'm God, just kidding. So okay. Um, getting woke is like, er, this is Urban Dictionary. I love it. Okay. Um, although an incorrect tense of awake, a reference to how people should be aware in current affairs. And here's a quote. While you are obsessing with the Kardashians, there are millions of homeless in the world. Stay woke. Thank you for using that as an example. I was going to ask that you do that. Right. Um, so woke reboots. So let me give you, let me give you another example. <laughs> While you're obsessing about how Batman is a bad role model because of his circumcised penis. What about everything else in his life? Stay woke. So you're using, but you're using as more of a hashtag. Hashtag stay woke. But use woke in a sentence. I used to, I used to think Batman was a, was a role model, but then I woke. <laughs> That's why I use this sentence. But then I became woke. Right. I became aware that Batman should have been viewed as a role model. Right. Um, all right. So woke reboots. Uh, how are we going to summarize this article? Did you post it? I'm looking for it right now. All right. Um, so there's a phenomenon going around right now. We'll start there of movies um, that are basically being made and with the what am i how do i say it better in their in their being made they're completely undoing where they're coming from so it's it's franchises really so right example um the ghostbusters um right the latest ghostbusters movie in t- a couple years ago you know with the all-female cast um that was made because it was you know it's at at nowadays like it's it's more um well, okay, so the, exa- so the example here that is given in the article, the first example, is about Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah. So Kristen... W- Kristen Stewart's going to be in it. So what you have to understand about Charlie's Angels is that... So the, the movie series is a reboot of a television series. Right. The television <laughs> series, Charlie's Angels, is about a guy named Charlie who pays three attractive females to go do his work for him and they get into places because they're attractive like literally that's what it is like they're they're unsuspecting um assassins or or whatever because Mm -hmm. they're so attractive so they're his angels Mm -hmm. right but they're making a liberal progressive version of it what in what world would a liberal progressive like version like how does it work? Yeah. How would how could they be Charlie's Angels? Like they would hashtag me to him in a second, <laughs> right? Like that's nice. like like the like even him calling them his angels would be considered sexual harassment. They'd show up to a club in a pantsuit and get rejected <laughs> because you don't come to a club in a pantsuit, <laughs> right? That's the that's the Kristen Stewart aggre- a politically aggressive version, as she states it. It will be more woke. Um, yeah, right. and then it, it, he he the the writer of this article talks about other stuff too. He talks about, like I said, he talks about the Ghostbusters. He talks about um, Ocean's Eight um, with that. And he talks about and then Which he talks about money. franchises. It made money, but I thought it was terrible. I never saw it because it looked terrible. <laughs> I thought it was terrible, but it made money. Um, and then he like he he quotes like franchises undoing basically retconning characters as they had been created and for pr- specific purposes and you know whatever again the idea of um how they were intended to be by by um their creators, their creators and stuff. yeah so he like he quotes um or cites rather like uh how lando was in in the latest solo movie i, d- I didn't he, see it he cites um that's okay though he cites 
like the predator like the predator movies and basically retcons why the predators came here right um and and so on and so forth um i just want to read this one snippet from it uh it's one thing if these studios created fresh original content that displayed progressive progressive dogma because you wouldn't really have much room to complain about ori- their original work. But if someone wants if someone wants to do an all-female heist movie, by all means go for it, but that's not what's happening here. There's a clear agenda in Hollywood to take already established franchises and insert woke politics, quote unquote, which includes in many cases gender and race flipping the roles to further a progressive narrative. Um, so like you were saying with the Charlie's Angels things, like they, those characters were created and they accomplished a lot because of how they were created. Right. And, right. um, and whatnot. So like take it nowadays and it, it doesn't really work like that. But, um, so I, I'm a big fan of Black Canary, right? Black Canary just got cast man, as, as a lot of DC talk tonight. I know Black Canary. So Black Canary, for those of you who don't know, let me see if I can find a picture of her. But um, Black Canary is a comic book character, and she just got cast in the DC. Well, I guess it's called Worlds of DC, but we usually call it ex- the Extended Universe. Um, she just got cast, and she got cast as a black woman. Um, so let me see if I can find a picture of Black Canary for y'all um, to see. But this is an example of this, right? And I think <clears throat> nowadays this is this is what we want to do. This is like this is what we're all about is flipping things like that. But I look back to say, um, what is the name of that um, movie? Catwoman. Mm-hmm. When they switched, when they switched Catwoman to uh, Halle Berry, Halle Berry, and it you know it flopped. And I just wonder, is that are we was that movie actually ahead of its time? So, <laughs> so it's being said. He goes on to say. So he's he's talking about all the stuff that's in the pipeline. Charmed is being rebooted, but with three um, Hispanic sisters, one who's a lesbian. Um, obviously, the Superman thing. He cites Josh Whedon is coming out with a new Buffy that will cast a black woman in Sarah Michelle Gellar's role. MTV is promising viewers their sort Daria of. reboot. Murphy Brown is coming back to television to tackle Donald Trump. Popular 90s show Party of Five is coming back, but this time it's a family of illegal, illegal immigrants who feared... Um, deportation. Really? Um, I loved Party of Five. And then he goes on to say, are you starting to see a pattern? What is happening is part of a bigger picture and it's hard to tell what the end game is. Does Hollywood honestly believe that they are just trying to add to the legacy of diversity and inclusion or are they actively trying to rewrite and replace pop culture in their image? Interesting. The motives behind the pushes to make Doctor Who a woman, Superman to be black, like I just said. Um, sexual orientation of characters, so on and so forth. Um, looks even more nefarious when the people pushing for these changes immediately demonize fans of the franchise for objecting to their decisions. Right. Aha, uh-huh, that's also interesting. Um, if you don't like a British female handicapped soldier in the front lines of your World War II game, clearly the problem is with you because you must be some sort of bigot. Right. Because it makes sense to have a handicapped person on the front lines. Right. Or it's just socially or it's it's politically correct. Right. And like that would have ever happened in Like history. come on. But yeah, is is there fear of So we we originally put it is there fear in attempting to rewrite history? Well, it's it's not real obviously. It's 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 fiction, right? But like what's the What's the red flag? What's are, the fear? are they actually attending? Uh, are they actually trying to rewrite history? I don't know. Right. 
I don't know. Like, I think that it tends toward culture. You know what I mean? And all of these things. It's always been that way. It's it's always like Hollywood in particular has always tried to make things culturally relevant. You know. Um, and moved things in, in, in that direction. So I don't know that it really represents anything new. Um, I think what it, what it represents is something telling about culture, which is that culture... So, so the machine of taking something and rewriting it to reflect the current culture, that's not new. That's what I'm saying. This, that's not new. But, but whether it is... But what it really speaks to is not the machine of Hollywood, but really the culture, which tries to do away with norms. That's what I would say. One thing that's interesting, too, is like in a lot of these cases, you're dealing with you're dealing with things that have diehards fan bases. Right. Right. And, you know, you can we could talk about how these people make it their narrative and part of their identity, right? Like it's who they are. I'm a right. Star Trek fan. I'm a right. Trekkie. Like right. you don't touch whatever. And you but, don't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, in an attempt to be socially progressive and, you know, push that ideal those ideologies and your in your great attempt to do that and your and your great in, intent to do that. Um, yeah you're messing with someone's whole life, <laughs> right? Right. And like I said, we can talk about that. That's a, that's a whole separate right, issue. That's the black Superman. The but then, it, again, that. it swings. Boom. And because of that, you get people that are outright rejecting your new Buffy the Vampire Slayer or your new well, version the, or... Let me look that up. ...more appropriate version of... And that's what it is. They're saying this, this, is more, this is more important than the original. This is more of how it should be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they're trying to throw away those things. And when you start doing that with people who, you know, spend their whole life, you know, relating to this character for this reason and, you know, it helped me get through to something or whatever, um, they're going to outright reject it. Well, so, like, I can speak I can speak to Buffy the Vampire Slayer in particular because I'm... Well, uh, you just seem to be a useful person on tonight's show. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of that narrative. All these things that... Um, but yeah, it's been 20 years since Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. And, you That's know, crazy. I mean, it was telling a specific story, but, um, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, super progressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it had like a lead gay character, for instance, back in the 1990s. So, you know, we're, we're dealing with a super progressive thing. Um, so that, that being said. Which is funny. Yeah. So that being said, a lot of fans were up in arms about <clears throat> about it to the point where the um, they were pushing back. And so this is this is the response that was given by Monica Owusu Breen. She's she, someone involved. She's with the, the showrunner. Show <clears throat> so Joss Whedon was pro- is producing it, but she's the showrunner. <clears throat> and when it was said that it was going to be a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it would, the the Slayer would be black and stuff, mm-hmm. people were up in arms. You kind of got to understand what was going on with the show at the end of the show. Spoilers: It was it ended <laughs> like a long time ago, but <clears throat> um, the the one Slayer rule was broken, and now like all of these potential oh, Slayers came, and so people were like, "Why would so you do sh- that?" So it's not Buffy; it's just another Slayer. So why would you do that? Why would you make that when there's a whole world that's been broken up and expanded into? So this is the response that she gave, like just a couple days later, mm-hmm. because fans were saying they were going to boycott mm-hmm. the new show, mm-hmm. which was their whole point. It's a strong fan base; it always has been. It, Buffy has been continuing in comic books since it was canceled 
It's crazy. So anyway, this is what um, she posted. She said, for some genre writers, it's Star Wars. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my Star Wars. Before I became a writer, I was a fan. For seven seasons, I watched Buffy Summers grow up, find love, kill that love. I watched her fight and struggle and slay. There is only, underlined, one Buffy. One Xander, one Willow, Giles, Cordelia, Oz, Tara, Kendra, Faith, Spike, Angel. They can't be replaced. Joss Whedon's brilliant and beautiful series can't be replicated. I wouldn't try to. But here we are, Respect. 20 years later, and the world seems a lot scarier. So maybe it could be time to meet a new Slayer. So that was the, that, that was the response, and people were like, oh, okay. So that's, and that's different than what we're talking about with these things. Well, so, so that thing was saying, like... So that article was giving all these examples, and I think that's true. But I think it's it's up to those people who feel that they have ownership of these characters to push back. And that goes into well, it's, we haven't played our our game yet, but there's there's a story in our game that deals with that too. Um, but if people push back on characters and want to own them, then I think that studios will be willing. But if studios don't, then they, they just sort of, they take these intellectual properties and they go with whatever whatever they think people want, whatever the culture is. But if the culture is so, not speaking up and you know making their voice heard. So, so I think if the culture is having gender identity issues and sexual sexuality issues and issues with morality and issues with all of these various things, then they're going to take these, these intellectual properties and bend them toward the culture. And you don't have to look any further than our favorite, um, than our favorite sort of institutional vault, which is Disney, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think about Disney buying these properties and messing with them like Marvel and Star Wars. Now it's bought, you know, and we think of this as like some sort of new thing, but it's not. Disney's always done that. Like Sleeping Beauty. That's not, that's not, that's not Hans Christian Andersen's Sleeping Beauty. Mm. Like Snow White. That's not what Snow White was. The Little Mermaid. That's not what the Little Mermaid was. <laughs> like, they take these things and they mess with them to reflect the culture. That's why they're so, um, that's why they're so popular. Hmm. But the culture, for the most part, was this, you know, um, a high esteem for, for moral value. You know, for the majority of the 200 plus years that the United States has been around. But that has slowly eroded. And so now the stories are eroding. And so therefore... Or the culture has eroded, so therefore the stories are eroding. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And then I, you know, we always cite this. It's always like it was like a watershed moment in right. in media. But you're saying there's a high esteem for moral value, but not so much anymore. Right now, there's Maleficent is misunderstood. Right, you know, right, right, right. exactly. That's always, a, that's always there's a, a two coming out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the whole thing. That's the whole thing with, but there there is a whole culture in fandom, I would say, that doesn't approve of that. For the record, uh, that's that's where the backlash came with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and Justice League. They wanted their superheroes to represent hope, mm -hmm. right? But but we're seeing there there was just a new comic book that came out called Crisis 
like Justice League Crisis or something, and they're calling it the end of Rebirth, which is the whole push within the DC universe to, to have hope. A lot of people are calling it the end of Rebirth because, spoilers, nobody cares about comic books until they see them on the screen, so I'm not going to hit the spoiler button. <laughs> but for you spoilers, in the beginning of it, they killed off two major characters, one of which was Wally West, the Flash, one of the Flash Flashes, and said that one of their comic characters, one of the good guys, Booster Gold, is the one who killed him. And so it's like all of a sudden it's dark and everybody's suffering and it's like going back to, to the, the darkness. So, yeah, all that stuff plays out. Like, Wait, so re- Crisis is... It's is Heroes it, in Crisis is what it's called. It's an event to try and get it back to, on track to hope or, to, or it, Crisis is the characters going darker. That's what they're saying. They're mm-hmm. saying that it seems like it's the end of Rebirth. And Rebirth was a, a push to get them to get more hopeful. And more lighter. hopeful. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, because yeah. that's like opposite of what they're trying to do in movies more. Well, you see DCE, that. Well, you DCU. see. Right, exactly. Well, you see that backlash with the, with the DCEU or Worlds of DC. Sorry. <laughs> when you, well, you see that backlash with what's going on in there, it was too dark and now they want it right. to be hopeful. Yeah. So. I don't know. It it'll it's it's interesting. I just that that's the mechanism, right? Art follows culture, and then culture turns into art, which then turns into culture again. That's some inception. And, yeah, and nowadays it's it you know it used to be that that would take years to happen, but nowadays it's instant. Hmm. It's like the whole culture can shift in a, in a second. Hmm. So anyway, <coughs> moving on. Bill Cosby. It's uh we're we're like with we're like at an hour. Do you want to talk about Bill Cosby? Well, I just wonder. I was just wondering if you wanted to take a break and play that game. Sure. Let's let's do it at the very end. We can we can make this quick. Okay. Bill Cosby. If you haven't heard, Bill Cosby was officially sentenced. His long trial has come to a somewhat end i think um he was sentenced to like between three which is weird he was sentenced to between three and ten years in prison which i don't really know what that means well was he sentenced or was he um just he was found guilty it was a sentencing hearing okay yeah it was a sentencing hearing um so he will be in prison for a minimum of three years up could be up to ten right so it's just going to depend on a bunch of different factors yeah um so with that, our question is, is it still okay to like Bill Cosby's work? And I was asking Josh if we've maybe covered this before. Couldn't really remember. But is it still okay to like Bill Cosby's work? Was his work important for generations of people or a generation of people or maybe a couple generations of people? Like, yeah. How are you, how are you supposed to make sense of that for those of you that are – confused about whether you still like what's his name in the show Cosby Heathcliff <laughs> what was the Huxtable Heathcliff Huxtable. Huxtable yeah yeah um the difficulty with Cosby is that his his last character like well, his most endearing character didn't seem like a character that's the thing is it seemed like that's who he was as a person. What was his last character? The last show he was on was, was I think it was called Cosby, 
But no. but it wasn't the Cosby Show. It was like later on. It even had the same. Wait, so what what was he in that show? He was he was a different character. Whose a bad last guy. Name is Cosby. No, I, I no, thought no, what no. you were saying is his last character seems to be the man he was the whole time. Like this no. sick and perverted dude. No, no, the other way around. Okay. I'm saying that it didn't seem like it was a character. Like his his most endearing character, which is Heathcliff Heathcliff Huxtable on right. the Cosby show. Um that seemed to be who he was in real life. And that's the difficulty with it, because he appears to be he doesn't appear to be different. And so that's what tarnishes the legacy. Mm. You, you know, like, it doesn't seem like he's acting. So, it's just, yeah, that means anything that he does. I mean, maybe not like... Um, was it ever real? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that you have to ask yourself that question. Like, take a look at I Spy. Did you know he was an I Spy? The original? Yeah, the TV yeah. show. Like, that's, he was, he was, he was the black character in I right. Spy. If you remember I Spy at all, you might remember it from the uh, Owen Wilson and Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that was started by Bill Cosby, and I can't remember his name. His name escapes me. But, um, yeah, and that was a spy show. I don't. Nobody cares about that. You know, what they care about is him as America's dad. And this article is saying that he went from America's dad to America's rapist. <sighs> That's really, really crazy. Right, and and one of the things that the article says is, is it's just a little bit different than another situation because it didn't seem like he was playing a character, and I, I agree with that. And it was it's it compared what has happened to Bill Cosby to what happened with O.J. Simpson. So it's like it's just this the whole identity was wrapped up hmm. in this larger than life person who seemed to be everything that he was on screen. You know, was was in his everyday life. And so now it's like now there's such a divide between the two that you're just how could you possibly you you'd have to take the whole work and rework it in your head to make it to make it work. Yeah, you have to have like a cognitive dissonance. Yeah, and it does. It puts you in a cognitive dissonance where you're stuck between the two and it just feels uncomfortable for people. Mm. For me, I don't have that problem. The reason I don't have that problem is because unlike other people, I recognize the monsters that we are. Mm. Like I understand that not to the level of say pastor Monty where, where he was arguing last to week left to our natural selves. We're all <laughs> right. Th that every man is a sexual predator. Um, and that of course is in a specific context. Yes. But um, I, I don't, you know, not to that degree, but I would agree that we're all monsters according to, According to my understanding of the Bible, according to scripture. And, and so, you know, but if you believe that Cosby has no bad in him at all, that he is just America's dad and <laughs> there's not even a sexual urge in him at all. Then you should follow Batman as your role model. <laughs> if you're one of those people. Right. Right. And that, that's the thing. So uh, for me, like I can say that his work um represent even i don't even have to remove the concept of he of him being an every man like he didn't have to be an actor to me like i it's possible that that work represented who he truly was it was a facet of who he truly was mm. there was another facet of him it appears that was also Got you know sexually of out of control in mm -hmm. in a way that should be punished mm -hmm. but did he was he really funny in real life was he you know, was he really loving in real life to those that were in his care? And it's like so on Frank and so Oz's forth. 
It's like Frank Oz's sentiment. Right. Right. <sighs> yeah. What do you say? We're not. We're not defined by one aspect of who we are, or maybe are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. What's our What's our game? So we have to play it first, and then give it to someone else as the opportunity. Yeah. That's how <laughs> we, well, we didn't even pick a person to call, right? So we have to pick someone who's not listening. Yes. Which it doesn't look like there's anyone listening. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there's one person listening, and I don't know who that one person is. Probably someone we live it's with. It's probably our station manager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doing her doing her diligence. Okay. So what do we do? We run through these, and then we say which one is the most insane. Yes. Go okay. for it. Hit them all. Okay. Hit them all. R- Wreck It Ralph two. All right. Disney changes Wreck It Ralph two after complaints about Black Princess's light skin. Okay. Um, it is Jasmine, by the way. It's our station manager. How American Vandal turned poop jokes into pungent commentary on social media. <laughs> okay. Rebecca Gayhart says co-parenting with Eric Dane is not easy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, next one oh, is... Parker's here. Sean Penn downplays Me Too movement as dividing men and women. Okay, okay. Interesting. And I think that was it. Oh, Journey song, uh, wha- yes. What's it called? Open arms. Open arms. Journey song. Open arms. Mistaken as a worship song. To me, that's a hundred percent the most ridiculous one. <laughs> I agree. But you got to throw that in the middle of somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So who are we? Gonna and we call? can't laugh. Poker face. Poker face. Poker got face. It. So who are we gonna call? Who are we gonna call? Ghostbusters. Um, that was too easy. It's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Who are we gonna? I don't know. Do we have? You have the phone. I have the phone. You should just, like, do this with your contacts. <laughs> like you're spinning the wheel. That doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> I'm one of those people that keeps my contacts. Like, it doesn't matter if that person, if I've talked to that person for so many years. Well, just see if a name pops up that you're comfortable with. A name pops up. I can give up. you my brother's number. Yeah. Well, you think he'd answer a phone that isn't that he doesn't know? I don't know. Let's just, here, let's try this one. Which one is it? Right there in the middle. Sackowitz. Okay. Yeah. I'm asking him to decide which of these is the most craziest insane. one. And then we'll play special music if we won. Hey, Colin. What's up, gangsters? I have a question for you. Wait, is he watching Whatever it? could that be? Are you watching this? Yep. What? <laughs> You're awarded no points. Hang Goodbye. up on him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Call your brother. If he doesn't answer, we're going to scrap it. Okay. Frequent listener of the podcast. Right. Although he never listens live. His name will go anonymous. He's not going to answer. This happens live on radio shows, too. People don't answer sometimes. I won't feel bad. Call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. (laughs) And that concludes our show. All right. 
definitely the journey song though yes a hundred percent the journey song so uh, yeah for those of you that you know didn't catch it or whatever so a, a amateur dj like a like an intern or something like that um accidentally played the journey song open arms open arms on a christian radio, radio station station because yep. he thought it was a worship song right and what are some of the lyrics lying beside you yeah <laughs> something like really intimate and like right. lovely but uh yeah i think to josh and i that's the most absurd because how could you be so dumb that, but that's what it is dude how that's could you be is. so ignorant this is the song that got turned into a worship song because Christians were so dumb as to not know that this is like a classic song. And we're going to fade on this. I'm going to keep it playing. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you're interested in today's topics, just stay in relevant. Go ahead and, you know, check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Look at the links on our video tonight. Um, post to us on Facebook or Twitter at Culture Insanity. If you have something that you're just personally interested in and you want to hear it discussed, you can reach out to us on the aforementioned platforms. And if you're interested in exploring your faith or are completely new to Christ, <laughs> you can check out the Help tab on abfpdx.org and last but not least as we fade with Journey's open arms tune in tomorrow night at 7pm for the next cross-examination panel discussion it'll be a little new and different this month so look forward to new younger panel members trying to reason through the problem of pain that will be at Aletheia Bible Fellowship again the problem of pain join us live at the church or on Facebook Live where the video will be streaming. Submit your questions with the hashtag at CrossX on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to hear from you and we'll see you next time for episode 22. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. <laughs>